He thought he was in control. How wrong he was. Hey, what's up? It's Shane with Dynamis Media, and I'm joined with the most accomplished werewolf hunter of them all, Stefan. I wouldn't say hunter, but knower of things about them. Yeah, maybe. Purveyor. Purveyor of the occult knowledge, sure. <laughs> and you're tuning into the Dark Side Drive-In, which is our horror-themed uh, podcast where we talk about our favorite movies from the 80s, uh, maybe a little from the 90s, a little from the 70s. You never know. So just... Uh, Quick shout outs. I know, Stefan, you had one you wanted to get into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to get too inside baseball in the audience because they don't care too much about these details. But um, I wanted to say a quick thanks to uh, Rebel Revolver for the jingle that they provided for Chopping Mall. Um, you know, because uh, we kind of had to record it a little bit early because I was I took a trip to the D.C. area. Uh, so they hadn't finished up with their their work so we recorded the episode before it actually you know i had a chance to hear that um so i just wanted to make sure that i took a second to thank them because that was appreciated it was super cool of them to do it um just bummer that the recording schedule got in the way of me actually acknowledging it during the episode yeah no worries and and uh we we added a little like after um thanks at the end of the last episode like a little like outro but um again thanks guys we really appreciate it we love the stuff and hope we can work you know, some, uh, work on that stuff more in the future. But, you know, I have to say, I know we joked last time about, um, <laughs> about, you know, thanks for all the people that are supporting us. Yeah. It like doubled. Right. So I like, honestly, I thank you so much for everyone, um, for the support, the follows, all the kind words We're I guess we cracked a thousand followers on Twitter, which is pretty crazy. Hey, hey. We went from, we went from like 60 to like a thousand in like two weeks, which is pretty wild. Yeah, I just thanks. And, you know, it, it really would help us if you would rate and review the show. And if you like it, share it with a friend. You know, we're just trying to have fun with this and hope you guys have fun with us along the way. So, um, yeah, I think housekeeping, we will have some announcements on our main channel about some stuff we're changing. Nothing crazy. Um, so you can uh, check us out on either our website or um, over at our other shows. So, yeah, check us out, dynamismedia.com. We'll be putting it on Twitter, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, a couple announcements coming down. Probably maybe by the by the time you hear this, we should probably have announced it. So just stay tuned. And uh, I think that's it for me on on housekeeping. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up? Uh, no, not really. I, I Something that I kind of thought of, actually. Um, yep. <clears throat> maybe I should say that <laughs> you are the one who runs our dark side drive in Twitter handle because there's a lot of times where you'll tag my handle on it. And if, if it were me running that and then also tagging myself, that'd be psychotic. So to make sure that I mentioned that, that that's why I, you like, I get tagged in it a lot. You're the one handling all the heavy lifting on that. Just in case anyone thinks I'm a maniac or something. I mean, I'm not handling the Twitter. It's definitely you. So <laughs> you kind of just outed yourself there, pal. Oh no, <laughs> no, I, I did think about that. I'm like, what psycho is like tweeting himself? But uh, so I, I will admit this when I first started, because I'm not really great at social media. When I started using Twitter for our other stuff, I'm like, do I just like 
use one channel to like the other channel. Like, what do I do? I don't understand how this works. I don't know what to do with my hands. So like I started like retweeting stuff and I'm like, I feel like a total psychopath. So I stopped doing that because I, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I was like, I'm going crazy. This is wild. So now, yeah, I, I run the Twitter. So if you DM us or um, reach out to us on Twitter, that is me. And then Stefan is at, uh, was it at Dark Schneid? Yeah. Yeah. At Dark Schneid. Yeah, at Dark Schneid. Yeah. So yeah. Tweet us. Uh, we'll probably get back to you. I don't know. We're, <laughs> I try to be as responsive as possible. Um, so yeah. But uh, man, uh, this, this movie. So <laughs> I don't even know where to start. I don't even have like a good pun or anything. This is uh this you, is a hairy movie. You'll, <laughs> you'll be howling with joy at this movie. Yeah, I'm sure. So uh Howling Two, Your Sister is a Werewolf, uh is the name of the movie. I did say last time I said the howling two, your sister is a werewolf. Um, and I'm not gonna issue an apology for that. And the reason is because the howling series did that on purpose to make it more confusing. Because the first, The Howling, is just The Howling. But then Howling 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. And that Those ones are all just Howling. Then, starting with the uh, seventh one, it's The Howling. But then it doesn't have a uh, number attached to it. And then finally, like the most recent one in like 2011 was a straight-to-DVD like thing called The Howling Reborn. So it switches back and forth between The Howling... And also the the book series is a trilogy of books, and those ones are all the Howling. So, a little bit of confusion on how I announce it as the Howling to your sister is a werewolf. It is just Howling to your sister is a werewolf, but there's almost no internal consistency on the usage of the throughout this entire franchise. And I use the term franchise loosely. <laughs> right, you did say this is the only one that's a continuation of another one, right? Yes. So yeah. So the kind of. I guess already kind of getting into the weeds here, but so this one is a direct sequel to the first one, the, your sister that is the werewolf is uh, the main character, Karen from the first, the howling it is. It says in the title credits that this is based off of the howling to by Gary Brandner, who wrote like the books that, I guess really just the first book and the first movie kind of go together. The rest of them just go really off the rails. Uh, but this is not based on that. Like he wrote a treatment for this before uh, he left the project and the other writers just replaced all the work he did. So it is literally not even close to based on the howling to the book, but it says this, that it is just to make it extra confusing, but it is a continuation of the first movies storyline. And then it starts getting off the rails. It's like the Howling 3 subtitled The Marsupials, which, you know, is about uh, werewolves in Australia. Of course, they got to be marsupials. How could they not? There's uh, the Howling for the original Nightmare, uh, which is supposed to be more of an adaptation of the uh, original book by Gary Brandner. Uh, that's why it's called the original Nightmare. Uh, then there's the, the uh, Howling 5, The Rebirth. Uh, which inexplicably takes case uh, place in like a Romanian Romanian castle uh, where there's a bunch of people being hunted by a werewolf. And that one, I actually have a, a strange amount of uh, love for. Uh, I don't know why. I think I just saw it at the right time in my life that I was like, yo, sick. It's a castle and there's a werewolf in it. Then, you know, what was it after that? Six uh, is the freaks, uh, which is about a werewolf that's forced to be in a freak show, like a circus freak show. That's run by a vampire. 
So they bring vampires into the thing. So it's a series that really, and then the last two, New Moon Rising and Reborn. Uh, honestly, the less said about them, probably the better. Those ones, those ones are pretty terrible. I'm pretty sure that New Moon Rising, they just used a Halloween costume mask as the mask and didn't even like put a full like werewolf body on their actor who's playing the werewolf in it. So that's a, that's a film series that's kind of gone off the rails over time. Yeah, you don't say. <laughs> yeah if you can't tell by all of that yeah and it's actually kind of funny because the the first the howling you know directed by joe dante that one actually is considered one of the better werewolf movies and it's kind of why i chose to do this one i was like i'm not going to do the first one that's the one that everyone knows is good but i did want to do like something werewolf oriented just to kind of keep it like grounded in like some more traditional style of horror um, and honestly, there's just so few like werewolf franchises out there that have any real staying power. Like, obviously you've got your old universal, like Wolfman, you know, you've got, uh, the ginger snap series, which are or at least they started out great. I don't, I don't think I saw any after the, the second one there is, uh, you know, what is it? Um, dog soldiers, which is a Neil Marshall standalone, like werewolf movie. Uh, that's actually probably, in my opinion, the best werewolf movie ever made. But like, as far as like, what is like a canonical werewolf movie? Like, there's just so few of them. Uh, a lot of trash, basically, in the in the werewolf world. Well, what what I thought was weird. So I I had seen the first one. I'm I'm trying. I'm gonna try not to focus on how the howling too much. But I I remember the howling, and it was good. And going into this one, I'm like I'm like okay, it's like a sequel. Like we're gonna get like the same kind of and we're, we'll get into this later, but same kind of like vibe and uh, same tone. quality ingredients. Yeah. And yeah. And boy, uh, was I mistaken? <laughs> Look, you got Christopher Lee here who is like, uh, like hands down. Awesome. Like amazing. Oh yeah. He can and do I thought, no wrong. I, yeah. Like, and, and I didn't even think he was like the, like the worst part of the movie. Right. So I actually kind of liked his character and him. Um, you know, I don't even know if we want to get into what he's done. I mean, he's a he's is Christopher <laughs> Lee, right? So if you if you're like who's Christopher Lee, I think you should maybe just like stop, go, and uh, maybe look him up and just kind of like scold yourself. I guess I don't know, but um, but the first one had a bunch of like pretty well known actors in it. It seemed like they actually had a pretty decent budget, and I mean, Slim Pickens was in it. That's how you know it's good if Slim Pickens is in it. I know the character that always stands out to me is Robert Picardo was the bad guy, which is so weird to me. Like, I, I just can't get over the fact that he was Eddie in the first one. So, um, Oh, he, he was Eddie Quist. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Which is weird, right? Especially that character and who he is and what he embodies. And then you <laughs> you see, like, uh, Robert Picardo's other works and stuff, and you're like, this like kind of doesn't line up. But, um, yeah, I think maybe we should stop focusing on the good one and maybe get into the howling too. You don't want to talk about the good, the howling. You want to go straight into one of, well, we did, we did, we, we did promise (laughs) and we did make people watch this. Yeah, that's true. Like we can't do that to the audience. Um, but yeah, no. So yeah, Christopher Lee, I kind of want to little backtrack a little bit. Um, cause yeah, you, you're right that everyone knows, you know, count Dooku, everyone knows Saruman, you know, the white, um, you know, obviously a long history of horror since he was in the Hammer Dracula films, which are often quite rad. I think that they hold up really well. 
Uh, and I think that his presence in those is so magnetic. But also, even his presence in this movie is great. So I think it's just Christopher Lee's got this like energy that he radiates that he could just be standing like a creep in the back of a church during a funeral. I don't think he was invited to. And I'd still be like, oh, shit, something's happening. It's Christopher Lee standing there six foot 20. What's he doing? You know, so, (laughs) yeah. So, like, yeah, his presence here is great. But he actually, um, you know, people who love uh, Gremlins films as much as I do would recognize that he was like one of the evil doctors doing experiments in uh, Gremlins to the new batch. And he actually talked to Joe Dante during that. Cause Joe Dante obviously, you know, directed the Gremlins uh, movies and he ex- like apologized to him about having done howling too. <laughs> Cause Joe Dante directed <laughs> the first. So he's like, yeah, sorry about that, man. But here we are doing some gremlin stuff. So uh, water under the bridge, right? It's just such a funny thing for him to apologize about. That is good. Yes. So any other characters that kind of stand out? I mean, like Sybil Danning for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sybil Danning is, is, uh, Sturba, you know, obviously she's got a long history of B movie kind of action here. Uh, she was early on in something like stuff like, uh, the red queen kills seven times, uh, battle beyond the stars, which was one of those like star Wars ripoffs from that era, uh, chained heat, which was one of those like prison exploitation style films. So you can see there's like a lot of like commonality in her stuff. Uh, I think the old eighties Hercules movie, she was in it. She's like very much like, you know, kind of has this whole like sex symbol thing going. She often plays similar kinds of like, you know, femme fatale style characters and everything. Um, more recently, she was actually in the, um, the, you remember the grindhouse movies There was like yeah. uh, planet terror and yeah, death yep. proof. So Rob Zombie did uh, that tr- fake trailer for Werewolf uh, Women of the SS. Yeah. And Sybil Danning actually was in that, which is kind of funny. Um, That's awesome. I think that actually. She was in Conan, her, right? Uh, she was in Conan the Barbarian. Was she? I'm, I'm pretty sure she was, right? Wasn't she the like main love interest? Mm. Or maybe I'm thinking of Hercules. Maybe I'm going to have to do uh you might have to do oh, an no. apology because I don't think that she was oh, in that. Oh my god! No, because it wasn't the love interest in uh, Conan the Barbarian. Uh, the woman who played like one of the, like the the woman who was working for the government that was helping Rowdy Roddy Piper in uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown. Oh my god! <laughs> I forgot about that movie. How? How could you ever forget about Hell Comes uh, to Frogtown? I, I don't know. I I do not know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, let's table that. Um, if I was wrong, then, you know, I accept it. Uh, if you were wrong, yeah, you got to do one of those uh, awkward apology videos next time. So, I mean, do I? You, you definitely do. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sybil Danny, I think, is is probably the one of the... I mean, she's Sturba, the main antagonist of this movie, so she stands out. You know, other other actors, uh, Reb, Reb Brown, who plays Ben White, like the main... The main hero other than of course uh christopher lee who's oh do we say the name of christopher lee's character by the way stefan crossco he says stefan wrong well what's weird though is they they do it a couple times right where like sometimes in the movie they call him stefan sometimes it's stefan it seems like certain characters call it like pronounce it differently and no one was there to like correct it so they don't yeah um i was just going off didn't he introduce himself as stefan though and that was why that was why i kind of went that way uh, he did, but I feel like he would say your name like that too in real life. 
Oh yeah, he like he also said Sturba weird. He was like Sturba or something like. Yeah. Like, hey man, you don't have to like eat up every word you say like that. <laughs> like you can just <laughs> say stuff like a regular dude. Um, but yeah, no, He's uh, a thespian. <laughs> he is a thes- yeah. I mean, truly. Uh, yeah, Rep Brown, like you know, he was been in like some pretty great B movie stuff over the years. Uh, probably most famously those like crappy couple of captain america movies they did back in the day where he's wearing like a full ass helmet did uh oh yeah the bike helmet with the yeah, wings yeah 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 <laughs> yeah that one and then he was like uh your hunter from the future which is another one of those like sword and sorcery ones he was in a movie called S- which is about snakes <laughs> one of the best titles ever seen where it's like did they just like forget to like did their cat lay down on their keyboard when they're naming this thing um so wait what was it called just a hiss like an s just an s okay i thought i'm like i'm like man your your mic's cutting out no 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 no. that's what it is yeah i can't wait to see how this comes out in editing at the end like because yeah christ yeah it's it's that it's just s's like eight s's or something that's that one he was in uh space mutiny which is pretty famous because it got the mst3k treatment so yeah he was he was known for those things so reb brown has been active but mostly in schlock. I think that there was a couple other sword and sorcery ones that he did, um, but I'm not seeing them written down here, which means that I didn't write them down. So minus points for me for, you know, other, other actor actors in this, like uh, Annie McEnroe as Jenny, the female heroine of the movie. Um, she uh, really has only been in like a handful of things. The ones I wrote down were wall street, uh, Beetlejuice, where she played uh, Jane Butterfield, which is like the one neighbor that's kind of mm. lame. Uh, and then she was also in The Hebrew Hammer, which is a classic Comedy Central original movie. Classic. Classic. Yeah, there's like, there's a handful of other people that are in here that I wrote down, but really, the only ones that, like, I thought that Marsha Hunt was pretty interesting is Mariana, the uh, one female werewolf that's like the number one right-hand lady to um, to Sybil Danning Sturba. Uh, she hasn't had a ton of work in movies. She's more of a, a musician, like a singer. She was in Dracula AD 1972, though, which was one of the um, one of the Hammer Dracula films with our man, you know, Christopher Lee. So that's cool mm-hmm. to see. And basically, like then as like a collection of various just Czech actors, because all of this was filmed in, in you know, at the time, Czechoslovakia. So a lot of them were in like Amadeus and stuff like that, which is kind of funny. Like I didn't realize that Amadeus was, you know, such a big draw for, you know, Czech actors at that time. Um, well, so the only other one I think that is Judd Oman. Oh, Vlad. In, yeah. That real creep. Yeah. He was in, he was in Dune and then he was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. He was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, wasn't he? Yeah. He was Mickey, but then he, he played Jamis in Dune. So I think it's probably... If if you recognize him, I because this was right around. I think it was within the year, right? Oh, it's two years. So it like he looks like it, kind of like the guy from Dune. Like you know what I mean? Like it's like the, it's good age. Like so, if you recognize him, it's probably where you noticed him from. Yeah, that version of Dune was eighty four, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, and then that was also the same year he did Red Dawn as well. But he his character in Red Dawn wasn't really that big of a deal. He's like one of the uh, Nicaraguan soldiers in red dawn so i'd say that he's more recognized in both dune and peewee's big adventure which you know at the end of the day if you have to be recognized for something why not yeah those are two two of the greatest movies of all time right yeah (laughs) and uh 
we honestly didn't cover the director much. Uh, directed by an Australian director named uh, Felipe Mora, and he's he did some uh, documentaries earlier in his career. Uh, one called Swastika, which is just a collection of like footage from the Third Reich, so not cool. And then um, uh, Brother, Can You Spare a Dime, which was about um, just about the Great Depression, just a documentary about that. He did a, a couple horror movies. The Beast Within was not a bad one, obviously. Uh, he did the sequel to Howling 3, The Marsupials, um, which I'm assuming that's why he directed Howling 2, is so he could then take one to Australia and have marsupial werewolves, because why wouldn't you? And then he did a horror comedy called Pterodactyl Woman from Beverly Hills. Uh, never heard of it. And it doesn't even, like, I looked it up on, like, Wikipedia. It doesn't even have an image of the front of, like, the movie box. It's like, well, that wouldn't have been a video store draw then if it doesn't even have that. I'm like trying to figure out this guy's obsession with Nazis. Yeah. Did you see that other movie he did that was like about a bunch of crazy Snide people? And prejudice. That, yeah. That they, yeah. they believe that they're Nazis. Yeah. They believe that they're all like, like Nazis secretly hidden away in this like mental institution. It's like, yeah, this dude has an obsession with Nazis, man. That's not chill, but you know, I, I mean, he doesn't work a lot, so maybe that's his punishment for this, this weird obsession. Yeah. But then he does a movie. Uh, in 2011 called German Sons, where it's about a son of a German Jewish man who was in the French resistance and then the son of a Nazi party member. And like they become friends after the war. So like, I don't, I don't really, I'm trying to understand his, I guess I really don't want to watch these, but like he has a, he has a one that came out in 2015 called three days in Auschwitz. Like I, I, I need to read more about this guy, I guess. Um, his, his wiki, Wikipedia, like article, like the Wikipedia page that is his at the oh, bottom he's Jewish. Well, yeah, but well, that's what I mean. I mean, I'm sure there's something else going on, but like, this is probably an unchill thing is, uh, you know, at the bottom where it says like related articles, yeah. one of them was Adolf Hitler. I'm like, uh, probably, probably not what you want in my, uh, related articles or related topics at the bottom of your Wikipedia page, my man, man, this is crazy. Uh, so I'm reading this directly from IMDb. Um, the director's mother, Mirka Mora, avoided Auschwitz by one day. Oh, so, man. Um, on his father's side, many perished in the Holocaust. So I'm assuming that's probably... I really think we probably found it. Yeah, I think we probably... Driving, driving what's, what's <laughs> like, yeah, okay, we get it now. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, still, like, some of this, his interest seems a little bit misplaced. Like, having that entire swastika thing that's just got, like... Like Swastika, I read a little bit about it. And I was like, what's so weird about this? And it's like had a home movie shot by Ava Braun featuring Hitler. And I'm like, man, like you, you went through hours of footage to come up with this thing. Like, I mean, I guess that's he, everyone's got an obsession. That's his. <laughs> well, we made it four episodes. Four episodes? So. <laughs> oh, without men mentioning Nazis? <laughs> yeah, getting canceled. No, I'm just kidding. But, I mean, uh, we didn't do it. We didn't make yeah, that movie. I, I know. All right. Anyways. Uh, why don't we get into the plot? I think um, I think this would be a good time to transition into the absolute madness that is this movie. Because if the directing credits weren't madness enough, I think that translate directly into what what's happening in this movie. So why don't you kick it off?
Yeah, yeah, I was worried about this part of the podcast where I'd have to try to make sense of this nonsense. Um, can, can I be honest with you? Uh, please. And not to get ahead of myself. So I usually watch these movies two or three times. The You know when you fall asleep and you start watching a movie, you kind of doze off, and then you wake up like, I don't know, like 30 minutes in, you're like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. You have to go back. And you fall asleep a couple times. Well, I watched this movie for the first time it was pretty early in the morning. I did fall asleep for what I thought was like an hour, but was only like 30 seconds because when I rewind, rewound the movie, I'm like, dude, I was just at this scene. I'm like, I've never sat like in a movie. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on more times? <laughs> I literally had to watch this thing three or four times to piece it together. Uh, so there, yeah, there's not a, there's uh, yeah, this, uh, there's a lot, this is rich with incident, but the incident doesn't always make sense like why it's happening but let's get started um yeah company logos roar it's a lion not a wolf because it's an mgm logo baby um <laughs> then it cuts to like so starting this i was really thinking i was going to be into this because like it starts with like an opening monologue with christopher lee like chilling with a skeleton yeah i was like all right like I, his his tones like soothing me into this while he chills with like you know, human human skeletons like this could be great. Uh, then we get our title and it includes opening ellipses, which I didn't see on any other materials. But apparently it's howling to ellipses. Your, your sister's a werewolf. So <laughs> in case like the colon wasn't enough. Yeah. And that's when I saw that it said based on the book and it's like, we all know that's a lie. Then, we, you know, we get the first of our many title cards that are usually unnecessary, uh, except in this instance where it's obviously not really being shot in L.A. And it says the city of angels. Um, we're going to the uh, the funeral of uh, Karen. Uh, was it Karen White? Was her name right? Uh, yes. Yeah. From the first movie, you know, she survived all of that nonsense she went through with like Eddie Quist and uh, her husband cheating on her with the with the werewolf sister of Eddie Quist, and then everyone becoming werewolves and trying to kill her. But now she is also a werewolf. But so we're at her funeral. Um, this is what I said was like the first of the many times that, you know, Christopher Lee is about as subtle as a freight train. Cause he's just standing in the back of the funeral. Like the man <laughs> is like full on like eight feet tall and he's just standing back there. Like, like lurking. Yeah. Like this is terrifying. You know, he reminds me of what's his name? Angus Scrim from, uh, from the phantasms. Yes. Like, he's like standing <laughs> back there like a tall man. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's going on here? I commented that this is a very strange funeral because I feel like they say amen like 80 times. But then uh, the, you know, Christopher Lee um, introduces himself as Stefan. I made a note of that because, you know, it's not quite how I would have done it, but that's how he <laughs> says his name. <laughs> then you get like kind of to show us, you know, how hardcore, you know, Christopher Lee is like everyone knows who he is because obviously many of the people at this funeral are werewolves. The mythology on werewolves in this movie is not super clear, but they want to like intercept her corpse before it gets buried in consecrated ground. So, you know, they're all like, oh, Stefan's here. You better watch out. So that's how you know he's a big deal, not just because he's, you know, very tall and just standing in every corner of every shot. You know, then it like cuts to some kind of strange uh, dance party. You know, there's like chalk graffiti. Uh, as most graffiti is, is chalk in cities. So you don't get a lot of spray paint. It's all chalk. Cause you know, they like people who do graffiti have a lot of respect for public works. 
then uh, for some reason, Christopher Lee's wearing sunglasses in this like very dark and sketchy like nightclub. And I'm not entirely sure why he's there unless he's just going to places where werewolves are. Because I know that Mariana and what what's his name? Earl? Is that her little so, sidekick? Yeah. So I, I think so. We missed a important plot point. Did we miss the part where he already explained to uh, Ben that his sister's a werewolf? Yes, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like a freight train, um, he he. I think he was at that funeral to follow Mariana because she's special. Remember, she can't be killed by silver. Yeah, she can only be killed by titanium, which I made a note of, which is new lore to introduce to the yeah. werewolf world. So, so for the listeners. I don't know if they were like, hey, you know, it'd be wild if we took like every single creature lore and made these like about made this about werewolves, like the garlic. That was really weird. It's like a vampire movie at some points, but uh, whatever. But um, he straight funeral, up said he straight up said that you can stake them. Yeah. Like, right. when, since I, when? Yeah, like, right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a werewolf expert. Well, I am. I announced it earlier. But like, yeah. this has never been part of the lore is you could stake them. Well, so I thought it was interesting. So I think he was following Mariana and they went to that nightclub, which is why he went to that nightclub. And then he wore sunglasses so no one would recognize him. I, I didn't get that. It, like the bouncer like made him wear the sunglasses. I don't know. It was weird. It was and they, like weird. don't They don't fit his head. I'm like, look, like, you filmed this and edited it. You had to know that those didn't look good. Like you, you had access to like any sunglasses on earth you pick those ones it's like it's like when like um you know the steve buscemi meme it's like it's like it's like what's got what's up children and he's like obviously like a 50 year old man how do you do my like, fellow kids yeah yeah there it is how do you do my fellow kids yeah. that's how i felt like he's like how do you do my fellow uh new wave um werewolf people yeah <laughs> so. new wave uh dance club inhabited mostly by werewolves for some reason yeah yeah. So yeah, but then basically, yeah, you're right because he was following Mariana because he saw her at the funeral, but he also has to do like, I don't know, he has more business to do with the the corpse at the at the. I don't I never really right. understood why he left. But yeah, I did. I did forget to mention that he did drop uh, the news to Ben that his sister is a werewolf. Ben doesn't believe him because that'd be a crazy thing for a tall, scary guy to tell you at your sister's funeral. Um. <laughs> but yeah, then he follows Mariana to. The uh, you know '80s new wave dance club in a in a it's kind of sketchy, but you know not that sketchy because like I said, the graffiti was all chalk, um, probably put there the day before by the production team. So then she like Mariana being as uh, like hitting on some like '80s dudes or telling them like you know basically obviously trying to lure some like '80s folks to a werewolf massacre. So they all follow her to uh, an abandoned. Uh, it looks like it's a construction site, which, you know, why wouldn't you want to go party a construction site? Was OSHA going to stop you? Yeah. So then that's when a terrible 80s song plays for the first and not last time. That pale moonlight one that that band keeps singing over and over again. Yes. So that's playing while everyone's being murdered by werewolves that you can't see because, and this is actually a kind of fun fact. So they got the wrong outfits for this. Like the production team sent them ape outfits. So the reason you can't see any werewolf faces during this and all the arms look weirdly ape-like is because they are. They are 100% ape outfits and they had to shoot it in a way that you couldn't see their gorilla faces instead of wolf faces. 
in case you were wondering why you only see their arms that entire scene. Well, and then there was one other time. So, I mean, we'll get there, but the, the, the fight scene at the end in the woods, like it's the same, the same costumes. It's kind of weird. Yeah. That's it's why they choice. mostly do guerrilla tactics, even though they have the humans vastly outnumbered and also have superpowers. But for some reason, yeah, they only like hide in the bushes and reach out. Yeah. This is production design top notch here. And, it, and this is the weird part is it cuts to Mariana. Like she's like mid transformation. But it just shows her like snarling. She's never actually involved in the killing. It's the other werewolves killing off these like four randos they brought to this like construction site. But for whatever reason, Ben uh, decided he does want to see Stefan. So Ben and then now we kind of introduce Jenny at the funeral as she was one of Karen's co-workers at the news station. And she knows something's up because she was there when like Karen, you know, was killed. Right. So those two are going to visit Stefan and basically get the second title drop where he says once again that his sister is a werewolf. And his house is something else. I mean, I'm assuming it's his house. It's probably not a rental because he has a ton of like supernatural corpses and like werewolf corpses of various sizes and shapes. Yeah, it was a little like offsetting, but like, wasn't that the model from the first one? The oh yeah, like the the actual outfit, like the yeah yeah no no yeah it was yeah well one of them because they had a whole like commune full right. of them in that movie and it wasn't like the Eddie Quist one from the beginning because that was the one that she thought she was hallucinating, but right. but yeah he has a couple different like werewolf stuff there and he also has the tape of the news broadcast that was cut off from the first movie which is what Karen did to like because she her idea was she wanted to reveal the existence of werewolves to the world. And force mm-hmm. them to like start like people to destroy them, but the tape never got out. But Jenny recognizes it because she saw it. But Ben, you know, doesn't believe it. He thinks it's faked. Like why they would fake his sister becoming a werewolf on television and then her murder, like that. Like you know, he he knows she's dead, but you know he's not ready to believe it yet. Uh, this is where we get some lore dump, like you said, like that. Uh, Mar- Mariana and other powerful werewolves are immune to silver. So they can only be affected by titanium. And apparently Mariana and other werewolves are going to be traveling. They're going to be traveling somewhere and they don't know where yet, but they're going to be traveling somewhere for the, what was it? The 10th millennium of uh, Sturba's birth. Yeah. Sturba fest. Yeah. Sturba fest to, you know, 10,000. Um, yeah. So she's, you know, she's, she's up there in age apparently, but you know, what is it? They, okay. I, I'm not trying to jump ahead. Like, is there any other point in this movie where he mentions that he met Sturba and they had some kind of relationship? What, Stefan? Yeah. No, until okay, later. Okay, we'll get there later. Sturba yeah, we'll get there later. explains, like, their relationship. Yeah. So. Which I was like, I'm like, did I miss a lore point here? Was it cut? He never, something? no. Like, he knows a lot about her. He knows a lot about Sturba. For instance, that she exists and she's the mother of all werewolves and He's madly in love with her. Well, (laughs) see that I didn't quite get right away and it's kind of gross, but yeah, like, so yeah, they have a relationship. So what what is it? Then Ben and and Jenny decide to go out drinking to discuss werewolf affairs. And Ben has decided to go from like, you know, not believing all this business to being ready to full on murder Stefan. Yeah. He's like, touch my sister's body. Touch my sister's body. You're going to die. This yeah, is, this is when we get more lore, like the uh, stakes work on werewolves, because he's going to that's what uh, Stefan says he's going to do. He's going to stake the corpse of his sister in the in the in the casket 
to prevent her from turning into a werewolf again. Yeah, well, because they they he shot her with silver bullets, or I don't know if he killed her, but someone shot her with silver bullets, and they took him out there on the autopsy, which allowed her to turn. So she's like trapped in that casket, and they show a couple of scenes of her banging on the. Like, yeah. <laughs> Which was really weird. No, yeah, like that's a living hell. And it's a different actress too, which is even weirder. Well, yeah, oh yeah, I mean, they couldn't get her to come back for this, you kidding me? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, you know, there's another terrible 80s music interlude uh, where Stefan is just like l- overlooking the city of LA. I don't know where he is. He's like on a rooftop somewhere, just like looking at the urban sprawl, I guess, thinking about the heavy thoughts that he considers himself with at night before he has to go stake corpses. Seeing what lightsaber dueling? <laughs> yeah, thinking about like, yeah, yeah, he's thinking a lot about how like it's not really fair that uh, Gandalf the Gray could just like become the white from one battle, and he had to like work on it his entire life. <laughs> but yeah, so um, they go to like he then leaves like this area where he's able to see the entire urban sprawl of L.A. and like goes around a corner, and he's now in a very isolated graveyard. And like, I don't know if I buy any of this geography, but fine. You know, then we cut to Jenny and, and Ben. Uh, they're on their way to the same graveyard, obviously, to stop uh, Stefan from staking his sister in her casket. And one of the best moments in the movie, in my opinion, is Ben is like, it's dangerous. Take this and just hands her a flashlight. He's like, yeah, man, she'll, she'll be safe now. You got you helped her out. Then there's another cut of just Christopher Lee doing weird shit. He's like praying uh, next to the open casket. Some like really long, like one of many like long either prayers or like weird chants he does throughout the movie. Like you had that monologue at the beginning where he was hanging out with the skeleton, but he does stuff like this a lot, like has moments where he's just either talking and saying a bunch of like nonsense that we don't understand, or it's like in his head and you hear it as a voiceover. Yeah. It's like, just stab it, then do the monologue. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, again, he, I guess he's the master of this. He knows what the weird rules are in this made up movie. And I understand that all werewolf rules are made up. But come on, you can't just do what you want. Yeah, this one, this one stretches it. <laughs> this one's playing fast and loose with all the rules. Um, you get the most obvious uh, werewolf jump scare uh, at Ben and Jenny, which is that they go by a graveyard and it jumps out from behind it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but then rather than being very, well, I mean, they're kind of scared. They're running. But Ben just like unloads his gun on it and it like works. Like, I don't think it's dead, but the thing is gone. Like it didn't enjoy being shot with that gun, which is another time where it seems like guns actually do work. And you know what they say? The only thing that can stop a bad werewolf without a gun is a good werewolf with a gun. (laughs) Yep. That's, that's the rule. (laughs) That's how it goes. Werewolf second amendment, baby. But yeah. So then, yeah. So they interrupt Stefan doing the whole thing, but not just the humans, the other werewolves do. So there's like a handful of other werewolves that do like a church attack right now. They interrupt Stefan while he's trying to stake this corpse. They fend off the werewolves, but rather than, uh, I don't know, stake this werewolf lady that's now trapped in her casket, they just like shut the door and you can like (laughs) see her from a little window. She's still a werewolf. She's very much alive. And they just leave her there. Like, are they going to bury this werewolf lady alive? Because that's terrible. And Ben should be more upset about that because that's his sister who is a werewolf. And we'll get to the ending, but like she's going to be in that casket for a long time. Yeah, for I mean, do werewolves live forever? We actually don't. I don't know. Well, we don't know that. that. Well, I mean, ten thousand years at least. Well, that's Sturba, dude, and we've gotten into it. But she has like all kinds of magic powers, all <laughs> kinds of magic powers werewolves have never had. You mean in other vampire media. powers. <laughs> she has she has vampire powers, but she also has like 
siren powers. Like she has the power of like, you know, singing songs to murder people. Like I, it's just bizarre. It is. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, there's a, the werewolf attack happens. Ben shoots them all and they leave, even though they're, he's not using silver bullets because he doesn't believe at this point that that's even possible. So I don't know why the werewolves give up their attack at that point. But then, you know, there's an old man werewolf that was already kind of half transformed the whole time, I assume because of budgetary constraints. Uh, but basically, Stefan interrogates him and like promises that his soul will never find rest. Like if he doesn't tell him what he knows, like, I don't know how he can do that. Like, I, again, we're never quite sure what Stefan's powers are, but he absolutely terrifies every werewolf in existence. <laughs> so the the guy like reveals like it's, you know, the dark, con- the dark country is what he says. But like, obviously, Christopher Lee knows that means Transylvania. And, you know, Mariana watches the old man get executed. Uh, so, you know, she knows that Stefan's a pretty big deal. Because I didn't mention this earlier, but you kind of get the vibe that Mariana is like an is like a newer werewolf. And it is never clear to me if like they're born or made. Sometimes they're born. Sometimes they're made like the hierarchy of werewolf power is never made clear. But in any case, uh, Stefan, you know, now that he knows where Sturba is, he's going to go to Transylvania to, to confront her. And Ben is just on board with this plan now. He's Instantly. like full on. Yeah, he's full on. Like, let's kill every werewolf that exists. Let's get Sturbud, make her suffer for my sister being a werewolf, even though it wasn't really Sturba's fault, my man. <laughs> like, she wasn't there. And uh, Jenny wants to go too. And that was like one of those scenes, like where he Ben's like, "I'm going." Like, you can't stop me or whatever. And then Jenny's like, "And I'm coming too." Is like, what do you bring to the table, lady? Well, it's like we'll see later. It's garlic. But um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, then we get a nice little traveling sequence with some more of that not very good 80s music, which is a very kind way to put it, because that song is terrible. Chris really takes a nap in the back of the car. Yeah. <laughs> OK, so let's talk about that. So whenever so there's two ways to get to Transylvania, apparently one way is via ancient train. And that's how Mariana gets there. Because when the, that train first rolled up, I thought that was going to be our heroes. But no, it's Mariana. She's there. They have a weird passcode that they have to give each other, which is to both take out two sides of a weird pendant and put them against each other. And that's how you know that that person's a trusted werewolf companion. And then sniff weirdly. Oh, yeah. And they also sniff weirdly. It's like, but if you could always smell that someone was a werewolf, then why did you have to do the weird pendant thing? I don't know. I guess they just have like their own their own traditions, man. And it's not cool of me to judge them. But yeah, then meanwhile, Ben, Jenny, and Stefan are going via car. And it's one of those little tiny European cars. And Christopher Lee's like, you know, 13 foot tall self is just sprawled out in the back seat of it. You keep adding like two feet every time. <laughs> yes. I know. I'm running, out of, I'm running out of numbers here. But yeah, so he's just like in there. The, you know, cut back to Mariana and, and Vlad. They're like in this like truck where there's like, I think the back of the truck is just full of like werewolves. And the one dude's like, I didn't bring any snacks for anybody. Conveniently, there's two hitchhikers. This was the best Dude. line of the movie. <laughs> what? Which part? Then it's like the schnitzel line. Oh yeah, yeah. So whatever <laughs> the because the the that is a thing is like the the uh, backpackers like the hitchhikers are German like they're speaking in German and everything. And then yeah, that guy like as soon as they these two dudes climb in the back, they instantly start getting devoured by werewolves. And he's like schnitzel. It's like yeah, it's like stereotypically German. Like it's like yeah, we're going to climb up the road, and they're like talking like I don't know. I'll edit that out. That was bad. Shame. 
shame. I mean, it, it is the it was the he did the it was like these guys are obviously German. He makes a joke about them being German, you know. Like these guys are Transylvanian. That's not really chill with them. Where were where were the we? Schnitzel. Is this where the, we're, we're at the schnitzel part. Yeah, I'm trying to think of whenever okay, no, no, no. We're not quite to this. That's a really weird incident that it, no no, that that incident is later, because first we have to get to uh the confusing ritual oh my that happened God. at Sturba's Yeah, okay. Like all these people in like weird like BDSM outfits and like but also like a dude wearing a wolf pelt who's Vlad, the the guy we met earlier, Vlad. So he's got like a wolf pelt on and there's like dudes in like suits of armor. It's like a Depeche Mode concert. No, yeah, but like there's no internal consistency to these outfits. And and then there's just like random human victims just strung up around them. <laughs> yeah. It's like pick a design aesthetic, you guys. But yeah, so basically the, the ritual is so this old lady uh, can walk up to like a sacrificial victim and like basically lean down and do some pretty terrible looking 80s effects at her mouth, like like post animation effects that are just really bad. <laughs> the kind that I hated whenever they'd have appeared in any other movie we've talked about. <laughs> but she's apparently absorbing the life force of the sacrifice and then she becomes young and hey, it's Sturba. <laughs> so, you know, there you go. Is uh, our werewolf queen. She was old and now she's young again. So not bad for what? 10,000 years old. Yeah. This is when um, it gets starts. This is when the movie starts getting weird. Yeah. If, if you didn't yeah, th- think it was weird enough already, this is the turning point. Like if you look back at any part of the movie, like I wonder what point this movie got weird. It was this exact moment. Well, yeah. Once Sturba gets young, like she like leans into this, like Caligula. She's like the, like, she yeah she's like uh you remember that old like what was it a, like it was like a magazine they also had a movie called like heavy metal yeah like yeah yeah she like leans into like a full-on like heavy metal character just like constantly wearing insane outfits and like having everyone around her basically having some kind of weird orgy at like all times yeah, and her clothes just like it, explode off of her at random points like yes <laughs> but then sometimes she also has a cape instead like yeah, right. you never know when she's gonna have more or less clothes on it's just yeah, it's just now is the time for things to start getting weird. So, yeah, so, you know, she's awake. She that's when we learn that Mariana is a newer werewolf and she's meeting Sturba for the first time. And apparently Sturba is just going to have Mariana like bone down with uh, Vlad like immediately. It's like, oh, don't forget all out, the howling. Lady. Oh, during the ritual. This is when the howling starts. So like from this point on, like the, in the warehouse scene, there was a lot of howling and then it kind of went away. And then, and like, you would hear howling, like, oh, there's werewolves around. But now it starts to pick up where, like, every time you see the werewolves, especially when they're, like, when they're hooking up, they're, they're like, constantly making howling noises. Dude, I just, like. Okay, continue. No, but, like, yeah, I don't even, this is what makes it difficult to talk about this on a podcast, because I just, like, am so grossed out by, like, every choice they made. Some of those like uh, scenes, you think? no, because uh, they do those weird howling things during like rituals. So like during yeah. that ritual when Sturbo was drinking the the youth out of like the girl, everyone was howling poorly. Like they weren't even trying to make it sound like they're actually werewolves. They were just sound like idiot people howling for no good reason. It's like if you ask like second graders, like, hey, I need you guys to howl for this movie for me. This is exactly what it would sound like. It was, yeah, and. But no, so like the real, that real creepy, like sex scene doesn't happen yet. First, we've got to get an inexplicable scene 
so there's a bunch of townspeople just standing around an old lady who is apparently hit by a car and the so she's on the ground the townspeople are all around her and then suddenly they're just gone they just leave it's like anyone gonna call a doctor there's a lady who's been apparently hit by a car but the reason is because most of those townspeople are actually werewolves and it was all a trick. The old lady on the ground is a werewolf and she's just transforming in the middle of the day for no reason. And again, like the werewolf rules don't make sense. I don't understand when anyone becomes a werewolf, but you know, Christopher Lee obviously takes the opportunity to kill this old lady just in broad daylight in public. And luckily the townspeople left because there are no witnesses to this murder. <laughs> um, no, they're around. Oh yeah. Doesn't he say that? Yeah. He's like, Oh, they're here. Yeah. They're, they're here. And yeah, and then he just like confusingly is just like, all right, see ya. <laughs> see ya, peace. Like he just walks away and is like, I'm going to the village. I will meet you there later or whatever. And in a classic move of, you know, check your back seat, are here like uh, oh, Jenny and Ben get back into the car. And instead of a Christopher Lee in the back seat, because he just walked off, it's just a werewolf sitting there. <laughs> like, did they even attempt to look? It, it was huge. Like they walked towards the car. Yeah, like it wasn't <laughs> squatted down beneath the seats. That car is so small. But yeah, so like like that werewolf, the werewolf jump scare, the werewolf in the backseat of the car. Then we cut back to the very creepy and weird like werewolf sex scenes happening between Mariana and uh, what's his name, Vlad. And they're like half werewolfed out doing some weird stuff and mostly just like grunting and growling at each other. Which I can't imagine was fun for those actors to have to do that. Yeah. Well, you notice they like couldn't even touch each other because. Well, they, yeah, because they had glued, all that like prosthetic stuff on. They glued. I. Okay. That's why I say it's like a sex scene of sorts because they clearly like just rolling around on this bed growling. It's like, man, didn't you go to Juilliard for this? Right. Yeah. It's like they're they Shakespearean actors. No. So if anyone hasn't seen this. Let me just set the let me set the stage for you. So uh Mariana and Vlad kind of start hooking up on the bed, right? Then Sturba's like, Oh, it's my turn. And then like like violently rips one of her like one of her shoulders off of her dress and just rips the other half of the dress off. It's like, okay. And then they kind of cut away, and then the next cut back is like them like half werewolfing out. And, and she's like now also werewolfing out. Yeah, like, like Sturba is as well. Like solid, like one inch of hair, but it was like really weird. Like they looked like they glued hair to her entire body, like that. It looked terrible. It was, it was awful, rough. Like not not kink shaming anyone, but it was pretty rough. Yeah. Oh, no, you're into what you're into, but that was no one was into that. Like it was weird. And then the, you could tell it, they were uncomfortable doing it. No, absolutely. That's what I mean. Like no one's heart is in this like terrible werewolf sex scene. But also, okay, so you kind of talked about this thing, so. One of the things about, you know, uh, the actress who plays Sturba, so Sybil Danning, she has done a lot of like, like topless scenes in her yep. life. Like I was like her bread and butter in her younger years for this movie. She specifically said she didn't want to do any. She like wants to start like taking be taken more seriously as a performer respect. You know, she doesn't want to be doing like the same exploitation stuff all the time. Boy, that explains the end credits, doesn't it? Oh, my God, dude. We'll like, get there. Even- <laughs> so so okay so what happened was the producer said absolutely not and then she agreed to do one topless scene so that was that scene when she like rips off her shirt violently it's like i guess they wanted to make sure they got their money's worth out of that and boy howdy 
did those producers make sure they did? And I'll just get ahead of us on this because it's kind of messed up. But like during the end credits, they just cut to that scene of her ripping her top off over and over again. Three and a half minutes. Yeah. During like this, like, like I think I remember I read it was like 19 times. Yeah. And it was so funny because like the director apparently wasn't involved with that. It was like all the producers and stuff. And they were like, do you mind if we repeat this scene? And the director's like, no, I mean, I guess, you know, you can repeat it. It's fine. You're going to be showing other scenes from the movie during these end credits. Right. So yeah, go for it. He didn't realize they're going to do it like two and a half dozen times. Like it was truly like, it almost felt passive aggressive against Sybil Danning, which is like not chill either. Like she respectfully asked to not have to take her shirt off. You got her to do it once. And then you like made her like have to relive it over and over again during like the end credits. But they even cut to it during other jump cuts in the movie. They went back to that scene. Like there, there's a point we're getting to where like, there is no way like if, if time works, how it works in our world in in this one, there's no way that certain (laughs) characters could be at certain places. And then they jump cut back to the castle. There's no way like Vlad specifically, but dude, Vlad is all everywhere, man. That guy gets around like literally yeah yeah oh yeah and in, in many ways we spent enough time on this werewolf sex scene i'm over it i'm done with it and i never want to have to talk about it again so well, guess now, what <laughs> wait five more minutes uh, uh anyways so um you know the uh ben and, and jenny get to uh the town uh there's clearly some kind of uh festival going on there's people dancing like stringing up like uh streamers and different things throughout the town uh, a bunch of vendor stalls are being set up, um, including some pup- a puppeteer station, which is rad. Some puppet shows going down. They go to uh, just some random inn and find out that what's going on is the a festival for the new full moon. Because, like, everything's got to be somehow werewolf oriented in Transylvania. So, And they get a hotel room and it's room 666. And it's actually kind of funny because like there aren't even six floors in this thing. And the guy's like, I know. <laughs> and he like laughs about it. It's like, that doesn't make any sense, man. You just put a <laughs> random room at 666. And there's also a lot of like random gawking dudes in that hotel. Like I would not have stayed at this hotel if I was like, if I was Ben and Jenny here, because there's no good reason to be in this hotel. Those guys were all as creepy as can be, including what was it? The the proprietor's nephew Tondo is the one who like carried their bags for them. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, don't worry, I can show you around for cheap. It's like, I don't trust you to do anything, Tondo. We were right. I mean, yeah, you find out later how right that was. Something that was kind of funny was Jenny then takes out her, like, uh, garlic to ward off evil spirits, which I scoffed at, but it instantly seemed to affect the proprietor right. who's a werewolf. And it's like, oh, never mind. Jenny knows her shit here. Like, she knew that this would affect this werewolf with hilarious, like, instantaneous instantaneousness. Like, he just, like, she just took it out of the bag and he just, like, started transforming into a werewolf. Oh, yeah. And then, like, when Ben and Jenny start hooking up, which I didn't realize was a thing. Like, I don't know if that we were supposed to know that they had, like, some kind of romantic entanglement, but there's, like, a kind of seeing this is there mostly to show that the werewolves are creeping on them and like paying attention to what they're doing. Cause that's when Vlad is again, who was just literally having a creepy sex scene a moment ago. Well, is now like outside the hotel room, like sniffing them creepily sniffing these people while they do their business. But right after that, it jumps back to them at that scene where they're still in that bed. That's what I'm saying. Vlad is like, he teleports, man. I it's think one they of those just werewolf powers we don't an get extra. 
and hope yeah no i think knew. that one outside was probably not supposed to be vlad but it was the same actor so i yeah. don't know how yeah again i think it's just no continuity but what i did love in that scene was they did a uh owl double take oh yeah they just cut to that owl who's like who it's like <laughs> yes i don't know why this happened but i love this owl double take uh, then they did it again for another uh, owl reaction. I was like, not as good. The first owl double take yeah. was great. Second owl double take, it seems like. Fool me once. You know, yeah, diminishing returns. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it the first time. Now I expect an owl double take. Uh, unfortunately, we don't get it again until the end credits when they're just throwing in random scenes. Yeah, with her ripping her shirt off like to the beat and the owl like coming in on the And snare. the owl reacting. To it. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So then uh, Ben and Jenny meet up with a, 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 a dwarf. It's kind of weird that they, because like at first I was like, is this guy going to be creepy? He's like, no, he's actually going to be amazing. So he takes them to the church and Stefan's there with like his squad of red shirts who are going to fight like the fight off the werewolf threat. Um, each of them tragically lost a family member to werewolves. So each of them have a backstory, but that they're they never going to tell us about it. <laughs> For like a tenth of a second. It's like the fight club thing where he splices in porn over the movies, over kids movies. They just like show oh. someone getting bit and then it just goes away. It's like, what? Yeah. Just like, an, like an instant, like here's some terrible thing that happened to this guy. Here's a werewolf. Biting. Although it's kind of funny that like that Stefan like asked uh, uh, the dwarf who we will later find his name Vasily. Yep. So I asked Vasily, he's like, were they followed? He's like, oh yeah, for sure. He's like, well then keep watch. <laughs> it's like, what we were followed. It's like, hell yeah, dude, you're followed. The entire town is like mostly werewolves at this point. But yeah. And then the other guys we meet, you know, Vasily's the dwarf. There's a guy named Constantine, a guy named Luca. Uh, and then the father, which is what father Florin, I think is his name. I think so. Yeah. He was like the father, the priest of the place. So it's kind of cool. Like these guys all have a little, only little secret network and are all meeting in this church under like, like hiding out with Stefan. Most of them get very few lines other than screaming when they are eventually killed. Spoiler alert. But yeah, so like the whole secret plan, I guess is for Ben and Jenny just to act like regular tourists. It's like, well, I don't think they could have blended in here anyway, but that's Stefan's plan is for them to act like regular tourists and just like attract werewolf attention. Apparently. Didn't he say like for um, a month or something like that? Did I, did I remember that wrong? Um, wasn't it like some weird amount of time that like, it, it was a lot more time than you would think, but yeah. I don't know if it was a, a whole month, but it was kind of funny that, uh, so Constantine and Luca have a puppet booth set up and that's where they'll go to deliver secret messages or get some instructions. Just go to the puppets. <laughs> Where Constantine and Luca, I guess, are the ones doing the puppet shows then, which is why we don't see them too much during the movie. Um, that tracks. Yeah, so they, they all get, uh, what is it, holy medals meant to protect them. Uh, spoiler alert, they absolutely don't. They do nothing. I don't know why they made such a big deal about getting these holy medals. They only exist to be like a MacGuffin to prove when like it's been stolen from them. The puppet show going on is just a full werewolf thing. So again, this town doesn't have any sense of subtlety. There's a fake jump scare where Jenny's in the bathtub and Ben like walks in and is like, like, boo. Well, hey, do I scare you? It's like, yeah, you did. Dude, you did. We're like, chased you know, you're werewolves. in a town full of werewolves. What are you doing? <laughs> like, have some respect. Oh, yeah. This is when we cut back to that weird werewolf scene. And like you said, we weren't done with it. The weird werewolf sex scene. And this is, again, a cut that just literally just is a, another instance of them rolling around on the bed doing weird growling noises. And then it just cuts back to uh, uh, Ben and Jenny. Uh, when they talk about how like the town is like what they talk about, is it Viklava or Vilklava? It's supposedly like the name of a place where wolves live. Yeah. It's like, yeah, man, it's like the town of Nilbog from like troll two. Like this is no subtlety to this town. Nilbog. Like it obviously has werewolves. in it. 
you remember that Nilbog? It's, yeah, like, it's Goblin so Backwards. It's like, yeah, everyone knew it was Goblin Backwards. Are dude, we ever going to do dude. Trolls too? Uh, I don't know, man. It's been so covered, but I, I mean, the kid pisses I'm down on the dude. Yeah, he, he pisses on hospitality. <laughs> okay, sorry. Let's get back on track. No, I was almost ready to talk about anything else in this movie, really. But yeah. let's get back to it. Uh, we get a f- we get our first uh, title card, I think, since like City of Angels, where it says the following afternoon. Yeah. It's like, wait, how many? You didn't want, you like weren't doing the title cards, and now you just did a title card randomly. What is it? Oh yeah, the the they're at the festival. And uh, Ben pulls a really uh, stupid move and claims he's going to get a beer and asks uh, that nephew guy, Tondo, to keep an eye on Jenny. It's like, how can you possibly trust this creepy guy to keep an eye on your lady, my man? Oh, and then he's like distracted while he's getting his beer because he sees uh, Mariana's at the festival now. So like they'd been given, I think it was in the meeting at the church, they were given photographs of like a couple of werewolves and one of them was Mariana. Cause they knew that Mariana is probably their best shot to like track down Sturba. Oh yeah. Here's a note I put where the werewolves spot Stefan because he stands out everywhere he goes because he's goddamn Christopher Lee. 15 foot like, tall. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, Oh, it's Stefan. It's like, yeah, dude, everyone knew everyone exactly knew who that was. Yeah. He's over there like 20 stories high. Like you saw him. Of course he did. He's standing, he's taller than everyone in this village. Um, the nephew is being absolutely sus Tondo. And tells Jenny that Ben is going to meet them at the, what was it? He said the gypsy camp. Yep. I'm like, ugh, guys, 21st century. You can't be saying that. <laughs> like we know, we know that that's a slur. You can't just go around saying it. But uh, Tondo did say, it cause he's a terrible person who's obviously trying to lure uh, Jenny uh, away from the safety of, you know, the town. Oh, this is when uh, finally, they, when we get back to the werewolf place, it's not that creepy sex scene. Now it's, uh, Sturba wearing like it looks like it's like leather but also plated metal yeah I, I didn't get this one either but and, and like they were constantly shining lights onto it yeah so it was like every from every angle it was getting like hit by different like rays of light so she looked like she was like shining but it was like it was like metal plates too but it was like segmented in, in weird ways I was like this is again like she just like has impeccable style man she just has a series of like uh, gaudy outfits to wear around her little throne room um, and like, were the other old ladies, were they supposed to be like going to get young people too and turn young? I didn't really understand that. Well, you didn't understand the lore in this movie. No, Are you serious? Not that serious. Yeah. Cause like some of those old ladies during this scene are chanting something in Latin, which is apparently an incantation, an incantation to summon Stefan to them. And this is the first of many instances where Sturba wants Stefan to find her Stefan wants to find Sturba why does any of the rest of the movie even have to happen she knows where he is just send like Mariana with a letter to tell him where her castle is like there's like this cat and mouse game that they keep playing but both of them want to see and have this confrontation with one another so I don't know why they have to like go through the rest of the plot just to make like their meeting happen well and then they had like stuffed wolves everywhere in that throne room so that'd be like you cutting your parents, like dead parents head off and like putting it on a platter. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, isn't it like, I was just like, this is fucking weird. I don't know. Maybe like werewolves, like hate like regular wolves. <laughs> I think they're impure. Yeah, I so they like to, yeah, I don't know. There's, but this is actually the part where some stuff starts getting really cool for a little bit. And that's actually surprising. So Ben, you know, is following Mariana and Vlad uh, with Vasily 
And, you know, Vasily gives Ben, what is it? Some blessed earwax yeah. to put in his ears, uh, which you'll see you, he needed those for sure. Those were dangerous. <laughs> it turns out uh, one of Sturba's uh, superpowers is blocked by that. Then, you know, the dwarf uh, uh, Vasily, he like, what is it? He takes out a knife and then Ben's like, hell yeah, brother, do it. Yeah, rock and, and roll. I thought, yeah, he says rock and roll. <laughs> and he like literally throwing knives this dude. And then while the guy's down, he like pulls out this huge flail. And I'm like, where the hell was, where was like Vasily keeping this? The flail was as long as he was. <laughs> But he just like ganks one of those armored sentries. Luckily, there was only one. And then now we start to get a little bit more of like a, a bit of a lore drop from Sturba. So she's in her throne room, uh, still wearing her crazy plated metal outfit. But now she's wearing sunglasses inside. So she's even cooler. Um, and that's when she announces that Stefan is her brother. A piece of information that we did not have before and doesn't make a lot of sense. She tells them how they have to lure Stefan to her castle because that's where their powers are at its their greatest, which honestly seems like nonsense based on how the final confrontation goes down. I just assume that this is just, you know, to make more plot happen. Um, But of course, Vasily. So why did they kiss them? What was that? Why did they kiss them? Who? What do you mean? Who? Oh, you mean you talking about uh, Stefan and Sturba? Yeah. There's some weird stuff going on, but she does. Do you not remember this? She was like my brother from long ago or whatever. She literally refers to him as her brother. You're right. I, I do. I just, I'm putting it all together in my head. There's the fever dream of this whole. Yeah. Sequence. I mean, if you expect it to make sense, man, my man, it doesn't. Cause she also like wants to marry him and kill him. It's, they have a relationship, right? And that's the thing is like, that's why it's like, I wondered why, uh, you know, throughout this entire thing, Stefan has been so creepy and kind of awkward and weird. It's like, oh, probably because he's some kind of weird immortal, too. Like, I don't know what he is. That's so okay. Like, you know, because like, is he a vampire? Is he is he another werewolf? That's just like, stop werewolfing. Um, I mean, he doesn't transform into a werewolf, but that doesn't mean he doesn't. Because, again, the rules aren't clear if they have to do it sometimes. I feel like they could have done so much with this. I mean... I think they already did too much with it, but um, yeah. So at that point, um, uh, Vasily and, and Ben get spotted. So Vlad and Mariana are, you know, chasing after them. Uh, Sturbus is doing one of her many magic powers. And this one is like her chant. That sounds like it, like it's like almost like a siren song chant thing because it like affects werewolves too. Cause it basically force transforms any werewolf in the area, mm-hmm. which seems miserable based on how all their bones were cracking about. Right. And one of the few like effects that actually was pretty good. And then, you know, Vasily trips and he loses his holy earwax and, you know, Ben's trying to help him, but he's like, no, no, no. Like we're werewolves are coming after us. He basically sacrifices himself so that Ben can get away and reveal the location of Sturba's, um, Serba's castle. So, you know, some werewolves are coming after uh, Ben. He he shoots them because, again, guns are just regular guns are fairly effective. Like, maybe they don't kill him, but they definitely stop him. And then we get a kind of a cut then to, you know, Tondo luring Jenny into the woods. And it's way after dark now. She shouldn't be chilling with this dude. Yeah. So, like, Tondo starts making a pass at Jenny, being a real creep. Serba's powers are growing because... 
Uh, now she's also shooting electricity out of her fingertips like a Sith Lord while also <laughs> doing her weird chant. With sunglasses. And I don't know where that lightning is even directed to. Like, what was it? She was just shooting it out just to prove she could? I guess. Anyway, it makes no sense. The, uh, then that's when, you know, poor Vasily, in one of the more gruesome effects, his, like, eyeballs pop out and blood is shooting out of his head, and his head, like, full-on explodes from, like, the song that Sturbo was singing or the chant that Sturbo was doing. So I kind of laughed at when I first saw that, like, the oh, the holy earwax, like, Put it in your ears. That'll save you. It's like, well, apparently it would have. Because so, yeah, Vasily's gone. RIP to a real one. He he, you know, he he didn't have enough screen time, in my opinion. I would have probably just watched an entire movie about Vasily. So uh, meanwhile, you know, Tondo is actually stopped from, you know, hurting Jenny uh, by Sturba, who like grabs Tondo is like treat this like someone teach this man respect or whatever. And so she picks up Jenny and as expected, the holy metal does nothing. Starbuck just takes it off. And it's like, I'm glad that we uh, got this weird trinket that did nothing. Then um, she uh, Sturba says she's going to use Jenny to lure Stefan, which again, they, they, do they need to lure him? It seems like if he knows where she is, he's going to show up, but apparently that's a good way to do it. And in order to facilitate that, the there's like a it seems like it's a little kid running around that has uh, Jenny's holy medal and Stefan spots it and then follows the follows this kid this creepy kid like into some random church um clearly a trap like I don't know like Stefan for being like the guy who knows everything about every weird like random piece of supernatural knowledge can't tell when he's being like lured to an isolated place to be murdered. But, you know, it wasn't a kid. It was actually Vasily's, like, re- like reanimated corpse. And, you know, tries to, <laughs> tries to stab Stefan. Uh, but then Ben rolls in and just grabs him and tosses him out a window like a ragdoll. Yeah, just chucks him. <laughs> yeah, so he just gets, like, Mortal Kombat fatalityed onto some spikes down below. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. So they were just like, you know, that wasn't our Vasily. You know, she he was turned into an effigy by... Sturba and another power that we never got any indication she could do before, but she can, she can resurrect corpses to do her bidding. So where are we at then? Oh yeah. So Jenny is uh, strung up in like a dungeon. Uh, Vlad comes and anoints her with blood for some reason. It's apparently another ritual thing to like turn her into a werewolf later, which again, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't understand anything about these werewolves, like rituals and like, all their stuff they do. We get to the church again. So our, our ragtag team of uh, people who have been wronged by werewolves are out there, like grabbing their stuff. And, you know, Christopher Lee uh, is explaining like, Oh, here's some Holy oil and here's some titanium weapons. And here's like all of these different things he has. And then, (laughs) and then um, Ben is like, well, don't you have any, any more modern and then he takes out like a shotgun. He's like, well, here's Vasily's uh, werewolf murdering shotgun. And then Ben's like, hell yeah. I'll in honor that. of my fallen brother. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, him, like I said, him and Vasily in like one of the rare fun times in this movie when they were like teaming up together, like they really bonded. So like Ben's going to use like the holy shotgun of his old fallen brother. <laughs> so that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. And then most of the other guys are just using titanium blades, which again is confusing because guns work and an stop axe. yeah oh yeah well titanium axe apparently yeah the the, the 
the priest pulls out this huge like battle axe. Yeah, his his weapon was pretty cool. I kind of wish he'd gotten to use it more. I mean, I don't think anyone got the raw deal quite like what Luca, who got like grenaded instantly. <laughs> no, I think it was oh, Constantine the first guy. Grenaded. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, which. Just don't get ahead of us. The grenading, the grenading thing is actually cool. That's what I mean. There's like moments of like this movie where it's like actually pretty chill. Yeah, but like okay, it grabs him and pulls him in. They could have just killed the werewolf, but instead, no. Chris Lee's no. like chants some shit and then throws this like bomb in the hole, and kills them both. Yes, that's what I mean. He has a holy hand grenade, and that's what that one like thing. He had a jar of oil that he said like also had the blood of Christ in it, and like that seems unlikely. But I mean, Chris Lee, you have you got all the kinds of other stuff. But yeah, so like we get to now Sturba having a simultaneous strange werewolf orgy, but also live music by a new wave band in her castle. The same, the same new wave band. The same new wave band from LA. <laughs> now they're here, Sturba's castle, playing to an orgy of werewolves, which is among the most bonkers thing I think I've ever said in my life. And that's what's happening. <laughs> The sound from this clip was a lot. Like, it was a lot. Yeah, I had to turn it down. It was, I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, and the music was bad, too. So, oh, boy. So you, you didn't really need to hear anything. But yeah, this is like a, like a weird werewolf orgy. But one of the guards comes in and tells them that the the good guys have arrived. So uh, Sturba sends out her entire werewolf army to kill them, uh, revealing that everyone present, including the band, were werewolves. So cool. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess it makes sense that the band would be werewolves because otherwise, why would they be playing this werewolf orgy? But still, so weirdly enough, all of these werewolves seem to be leaving to attack, but they only attack really like one or two at a time. They don't really ever get into a big army. I imagine probably because they didn't have very many werewolf outfits. So they couldn't have too many werewolves on screen at once. So, yeah, the first werewolf attack happens. Oh, it's actually OK. So it's Constantine who's immediately dispatched like he didn't even i don't think he even killed a single one most people are using guns which i would expect so then we get to so then i think they defeat like the first werewolf wave and you know then they're walking more and then luca gets got by like a hidden werewolf that was like hiding in like a i don't know it was like it looked like one of those like little pits that like weird spiders come out of you know like (laughs) it's like he was hiding underneath like he had like a ghillie suit on or something so like okay so this like werewolf gets him and that's when Stefan does this chant like instantly. Th- it's, it's like if you had this thing, like this holy hand grenade thing that could literally explode. Why did you use it on basically killing Luca? Yeah. Because Luca first. was just. Yeah. So he uses like Luca would prefer it this way. He's like, no, I wouldn't. Like, it's, <laughs> he straight up just blows him up with this thing. And it's like, you only had one of those. Like, Get more. Get so, more Christ blood. Yeah, get more, get more uh, Jesus blood that you somehow had one of. Um, so yeah, blew Luca the hell up. He's Luca's gone. So now we're down to um, what is it? We're down to Father Florian, Ben, and then and then uh, Stefan, Sturba, Mariana, and Vlad are doing another weird chant that's doing more weird after effect powers that I don't really understand. I don't know what it's doing other than if it's another thing meant to make them transform or make them stronger. Because it seems like Vlad is really struggling not to transform during this whole thing. But anyways, uh, yeah, they're doing another chant to like do more weird after effect powers. Father Florian is attacked, but he survives. I actually had in my notes that he was killed and then he didn't. I was like, oh, all right. Stay tuned. I'm sure he'll die later because he's not 
one of the main characters. Uh, Stefan suggests that the three of them split up, which made no damn sense to me why you would split up when you're going into a werewolf castle. But it seems that the idea is that Florian and Ben are going to go get Jenny and then Stefan's going to go after Sturba. And there was like, and then that's when like uh, another weird piece of lore that's never explained is Stefan's doing some kind of prayer to protect Jenny from werewolves. And let me just tell you, it doesn't seem like any of his other stuff for protecting against werewolves was doing anything. So I don't know how effective this prayer was, but you kind of buy into the moment because it's Christopher Lee doing it. Somehow father Florian like got separated from Ben. And by somehow, I mean, at one point Ben was going down one hallway. He just went another way. It, I don't know what, why the father even went with him (laughs) at that point. Uh, But this is when, Oh, it's something I forgot to mention earlier. It's like one of, during one of uh, Sturba's wardrobe changes, she had this like really sick, like, staff with like a bat monster on it oh my god yeah which we'll was get, we'll get never explained why she had it well that's why i had to mention it now yeah right because father florian went into the chamber where sturba was and she's like you're not stefan you're not the one who's supposed to have this final confrontation and she like does some chant uh that turns the bat staff alive and it flies off of the staff and in a really gruesome kill, like tears like the f- the father's like face up and like puts its weird bat tail like down his throat. And I was like, man, I don't. The father really didn't. I didn't seem like he was an important enough character to get a death this gruesome. So I thought this was kind of turned that into like a face hugger from Alien kind of situation. Well, it definitely seems like it later. Yeah, because yeah, of what happens. Um, but is that how? Like is that how werewolves are born? Well, it's not a werewolf. It's a bat monster. It doesn't make any sense why it's there. That's what I mean. Like, it feels like Sturba just has a bunch of random, like, occult stuff probably gathered over her, like, 10,000 years of living. Where are we at now? Oh, yeah. This is where I noticed that Vlad was having a hard time uh, transforming. But apparently he wasn't supposed to. So Mariana is just, like, whipping the shit out of him. Which, rookie move, because that distracts them both enough for uh, Ben to roll in and just, like, headshot the uh vlad werewolf he's gone turns around just the titanium knives mariana they're dispatched instantly like i didn't think that ben had it in him man but yeah it it was crazy how fast that was yeah i was kind of distracted during the scene because of all the skeleton heads in that room right did you, did you see how many skeleton heads there were Thousands. there's entire walls of skeleton heads or skulls <laughs> i guess some people call them but yeah yeah but then so uh then, you know, Sturba now, like, this is a very, very much one of those, like, scenes that wants to have a lot more gravitas than it does. Because, like, Stefan's, like, slowly walking into there, doing some more of his weird chanting of, like, just ran. It seems like he's just reading, like, really obscure poetry or something. And Sturba is ready for him. She's, like, got a huge flowing black cloak this time. And she's doing glowing magic at him and he is either is i can't tell if he was glowing from magic power or if he had like a magic power shield that was stopping her magic power from magicking him but what was weird it was over his heart well it also surrounded his whole body though but the red dots the red dots around his heart but like the uh the aura yeah, yeah was for sure around. i just thought it was strange that that was what kind of they made like her hand was red the, like the the eminence from her magic 
So I don't know if the magic was aiming at his heart or if it was, it was weird. It was a lot of weird stuff going on. Well, yeah. And that, this is why I was like, I'm very confused about what their relationship was because she was talking about like marrying him in that scene, like about them becoming betrothed. And she basically like lets him approach and he just like straight up stabs her in the stomach with a knife. And the wound is like glowing, like she, like all kinds of glowing light is flowing out of it. And she like seems happy about this. So I'm like, so did she want him to kill her the whole time so that they could die together? That's what like, I don't understand their relationship at all. Well, that's kind of but, what it uh, sounds like at the end when he was talking about the fire and stuff and they were going to be together forever. It was really weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're going to be together forever. And she's like, we're betrothed in flames or something like that. Which is what happens like that glowing wound in her stomach, like catches them both on fire. And again, like she seems happy about this. He seems happy about this again. Why did the whole movie have to happen if they just wanted to kill each other? <laughs> like there's so many, so much collateral damage for these two just have their weird, like, like, you know, marriage burning that they ended up doing. It's like Felipe um, Mora's like take on Romeo and Juliet. Sure. <laughs> uh, although this is the scene you talked about earlier where like, uh, for no good reason, a bat monster crawls out of yeah. Father Florian's mouth, like, <laughs> just like crawls out and just like like freaks out and flies away because of the fire. Yeah, I did not expect uh, that. I was like, like, oh, that, that bat just kind of like assaulted this guy <laughs> and nothing happened. No, yeah, and yeah, then, it just like left. It's done. Like it, like it's not going to be the the movie was never going to tell us anything more about that bat monster or where it's gone. That is a dangling plot thread. I don't think so. I have a theory, but we'll get, we'll get into that. You know me and my theories. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that the text of the film doesn't give us much more to go off of. Definitely doesn't. Yeah. So at this point, Ben and Jenny are back into town. Ben is an absolute maniac and just pulls a gun on a violinist and tells him to <laughs> tell them where the nearest airport is. It's like, hey, man, why don't you chill for a second? Because your lady's covered in blood and they're not going to let you on an airplane. Well, maybe they would have in the 80s. They definitely wouldn't in post 9-11 world. It's like you can smoke, but you can't be covered in blood. Absolutely not. We get uh, more music from the 80s band, which I was like, are they alive then? Because like they definitely weren't involved in the attack. Did they just leave once all the weird stuff started to go down? In any case, you know, then we cut to sometime later. We don't really know when because there's no sense of time for any of this. You know, Ben and Jenny seem to be living together. Uh, it's Halloween. And they get a knock on their door for someone trick-or-treating. And it is, like, clearly supposed to be a werewolf kid. This was this entire sequence was very weird to me. I don't know why this had to happen. So they think that this kid is, like... And then the kid goes to, like, this apartment. And she's like, that apartment is abandoned. And then Ben's like, no, someone moved in while we were away. And then they go and knock on the door to, like, invite their new neighbor f- over for wine. And it's this huge creep who says he has no kids. He's a he's a bachelor who lives alone and they're just like, never mind, then we're not going to. He's like, he invites him in for wine. They're like, never mind. I'm like, what was the point of that scene? Is it implying that that dude has like a werewolf kid that he's keeping secret across the hall from them? It's like, what if the bat baby turns? That's how werewolves are born. Werewolves are born. And that was the werewolf. (sighs) I mean, (laughs) Like that, I was going to say that's ridiculous, possible. but like this entire movie was just, oh my God. So yeah, no, yeah, maybe it was, maybe that's the, the bat moved to LA with some random bachelor yeah. and lived across the hall from them and is now a kid trick or treating. I was going to ask you, he was like, do you think he was a werewolf or just like a pervert? 
Like, so that's what I just was trying to figure out. That's yeah, I couldn't tell either. Cause it was clearly like a kid in the werewolf outfit at the door. I don't know if they're implying that that guy was the werewolf and he's just putting them on. I, I don't know. That's what I mean. That entire sequence was like ridiculous. And, and then, you know, then now of course we get like the eighties band coming back with their stupid pale moonlight song like the fourth reprise of that thing. They, that, that's that infamous repeat of Sturba ripping off her shirt over and over again for no reason while interspersed with other random scenes, including the owl double take. And that's basically the end credits is just this werewolf band doing their doing their. It's, it's like just random scenes of other things we saw in the movie. And then some things we didn't see in the movie. So do you know what's the sad part of this? You could have watched the end credits that this movie was created. Yeah, you could have watched the end credits and gotten more from the movie than watching the actual movie. Uh, yeah, other than, you know, probably not as much like Sturba doing weird, inexplicable magic, I guess. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still baffled that they did that to her where they constantly played that over and over. Like it, it, it just like the first couple of times, you're like, okay, I get it. But like, again, 15 to 19 times later, you're like, what is going on? It's just, it's just Hollywood producers, man. A lot of them are creeps and like, like probably they thought it was disrespectful that she suggested that she didn't want to do like topless scenes. And then they had to convince her to do one. It just feels like it was vindictive. I don't know if it really was, but it seems like it was. So like, that's the thing. Like that's, that's what makes makes me like, kind of like, man, that's not chill. So yeah. Anyways, there it was <laughs> howling to your sisters or whoever. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we're already, uh, kind of getting into our judgment categories that every time <laughs> <laughs> that's why they pay me the big bucks <laughs> so yeah first judgment category is story um i gotta tell you it makes no sense yeah it doesn't that's what that's it i didn't yeah, have anything more to add. That was, that was, <laughs> like no one like none of the like it seems like just a bunch of incident it honestly seems like you know looking back on it it feels like maybe this was a weird uh, kink between like Stefan and Sturba to set up like this whole thing, like where you get some random dude, like all like fired up about killing werewolves because his sister was be- had become a werewolf and like get revenge, and then like have this whole plot getting like other people involved, like all your werewolf armies and stuff, just to like kill each other in the end. Like, haha, was that worth it? Like, if there would have been enough evidence in the story to indicate that that was what it was, is just some like weird game between Sturba and Stefan. Hey. I might have been inclined to think this was an okay story, but because instead it's just random events just happening. No, absolutely not. So I'm thinking D, but like I, I you can go, I, I think you're a C, right? Um, I think I am C just because there's an enough like weird stuff that happens that I'm just like, you know, that's fine. It is what it is. All right. I'll, but, give, I'll give you the C. All right. I mean, you don't have to be generous. This movie wasn't great, but I think that out of all the the categories we have, probably story is the best one. (laughs) But I mean, I guess what next is next is acting. Yeah. And 
you know, whenever like Christopher Lee again, a presence like that's Count Dooku, my man. We know who he is. Like Count Dracula. Like whenever he's on screen, he's eating it up. But it's like again, is that just because Christopher Lee rules? Like I think it might just be because Christopher Lee rules. Like it's not like he's doing anything special in this movie, and he he personally didn't seem to be very fond of his performance in it. Here's my here's my take on this. Okay, Christopher Lee, a super weird werewolf sex scene. F. So like I feel like they kind of they kind of even even themselves out. I would say maybe like a C. Uh, yeah, D. I mean, I would say, I would say probably D because like, here's the thing, like, what is it? The, the Ben and Jenny, like they were fine. They, they didn't have much to do and they were there, you know, uh, Sybil Danning, you know, she can strut around a room in her crazy, like, like heavy metal goth queen garb, you know, which is cool. But again, is that acting or is that just like good costume design coupled with somebody who has a lot of charisma, which Sybil Danning clearly does. So it's like, it's hard to say that that's good acting. That's just like good stage presence. Right. So yeah, I would say D like, come on. I mean, other than, other than my man, Vasily who rules, like he went out, he went out too soon. (laughs) So uh, now we're going to talk about these effects. Man, I don't even know where to start because I'm usually like really into this. I, there was only a couple scenes where I was like, okay, that was pretty cool. But, I mean, they reused the werewolf headshot twice. (laughs) I will say, I will say this. I will get, you know, just for the benefit of the doubt, just for the benefit of the doubt, the uh, Vasily's death, where the siren song of Sturba like exploded his head. Radical. That was cool. The scene where the, the priest got like a bat monster crawled down his throat and murdered him by scratching off his face. That scene was pretty cool too. But man, almost every werewolf outfit looked terrible. Like the makeup in like certain scenes was just trash. Like they, it was half cocked. Like, um, like even like, and you know, I hate those like after effects image things where they like right. do with like yep. basically every time it was Sturba's powers. Ugh. I mean, it's hard for me to go above a D on this one. I, I would go C until the werewolf hair. And I, I just can't get past it. So I'm going D. I, I'll give you the, it just, that scene will haunt me forever. I would agree. All that right. was, we didn't need to see that. They didn't need to put that to film. Yeah. Like they could have just like, I don't know, make them werewolves or something. I, I don't know what the plan was. Oh, freak, I don't, freaked me I don't out. I don't know what it was either, man. <laughs> Anyways, writing. I find it hard to believe this movie was written. I, I do too. It's all ad lib. Yeah, like it was a lot of scenes of just like, what's something weird we can put in a castle? What's a weird prayer that like Christopher Lee can be saying while walking around <laughs> somewhere? Like, what if we gave them garlic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, why wouldn't we? Yeah, it's like, hey, how about steaks? Don't steaks work on werewolves? Like, put it in. It's all made up anyway. Who cares what about, about sunshine? internal logic? Doesn't that hurt them? Yeah. Yeah, do we have enough money for silver? No. What about titanium? Absolutely. It's cheap. <laughs> so yeah, writing. Man, I'm we're being vicious on this one, but it's got to be D. I agree. Yeah. I feel bad because, again, we started off with some really, really good movies, or like really good cult classic movies, and then we kind of hopped to this one. And <laughs> man, you were not kidding. 
And I shot us straight in the foot, yeah. man. I sh- I wrecked our podcast. I feel like I've ruined this thing. <laughs> you took all like, our momentum. Yeah, and you put it's it into a, it's- you put it into a weird hair sex scene. Is what happened. <laughs> Stop bringing it up. We're done with it. <laughs> Dude, we're never going to be done with that. No, we're not. So yeah, all right. But can I say something real fast with cult factor though? You sure, take sure the the thing I said earlier. The thing I said earlier with Christopher Lee. Just doing what he wants. And then, uh, you know, uh, Sybil Danning just walking around having a wardrobe change every, like, scene to, like, add something weird and new to, like, her, like, crazy outfits and stuff like that. I actually, for a Cult Factor movie, like, there's a lot to talk about here. So I would probably have to say C for this. Yeah, because I agree. Yeah, because, like, it's like you take these big names of people who are in other movies that are better. But watching them go through and do like a straight faced evil werewolf queen movie where there's some like wizard who's like, you know, 25 feet tall strutting around like your sister's funeral telling you that she was a werewolf and everyone's serious. Everyone is so serious about this. So I would say for cult factor, it's just like for the novelty of it, just if you can find out like the timestamps of when the werewolf sex scene happens and just skip those, then you would probably enjoy the movie way better. So for cult factor, I would say C, I would almost lean to B, but again, the, it's just really the two actors that I really just love seeing them do this thing straight face. So it's like hard for them to carry the movie for like cult factor for me. So I'd still say C. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think there's a lot of things that, would cement this into being a cult movie. And I think a lot of it has to do with like, if they would have fleshed out some of the story a little bit more and like offered a little bit more lore that made sense. Not just that she was in love with her brother somehow. You know what if I mean? That's like even what, what that was going on there. Correct. <laughs> right. So there's so many like questions, you know, I think if they would have tightened up the story a bit, I think it would have, I think it would have got to the B here, but I agree with you. I think C is a fair, a fair um because here. i gotta i gotta say it is fun to watch christopher lee do this like oh, it's sure. just it's just so fun but like is it fun enough like how many times was i bored looking at the clock while listening to him go over another weird monologue <laughs> like it's it's good but it's not great good not like cult good it's just like interesting like right. a social experiment so we're in total where it's um like a d and a half so I'm almost c which I think well, is speaking is a fair, of oh. speaking of D, are oh. we going to move on to the D roll? <laughs> That'll never get do old. Some effects. They're going to do some weird effects on that too. I might just flatten um, it like completely, just like put nothing around it and just leave it dead. Oh man, <laughs> I don't like that at all. Uh, but here's the the redundant part of our podcast where we add yet another layer onto this, where we decide if something is a cult classic, a B movie, grindhouse, or trash. Um, do you want to go first on this one? I want to kind of where you're at. I think it's a B movie, and and here's why. I think that 
even with all the crazy shit that doesn't make any sense, like it still is a palatable, watchable movie. And if we're going by like our rankings, like I, I, I'd say this is a solid B movie. Like, I, I don't think it's to Grindhouse yet. They, they easily, now I'm going to say this in my brain, that scene where uh, the nephew takes her into the woods. I was like, okay, this is getting dark real quick. Ooh, yeah. If that had um, gone in any further, I was probably. Yeah. So that would have probably right this dropped it down a level for me. But I, you know, I don't think that, I think it's a solid B movie. I honestly do. Cause because, you know, I think it was even like kind of, I don't want to say advertised as a B movie, but people will look at this and think it's a B movie, right? Um, yeah. So Yeah. 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 Uh, with the subtitle, Your Sister is a Werewolf. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I would agree with you. I, I think that B movie is fair. Um, if you didn't have Christopher Lee here, I don't think so. Or I guess Christopher Lee or Sybil Danning. Like if they didn't, because it does seem like they kind of knew the movie that they were trying to make. They didn't quite succeed in in it, but you you don't go to like a B movie expecting you know greatness. Like this is not even close to like the stratosphere of some of the cult classics we've done. But you know it's ninety minutes. You get some pretty cool kills. You get a really cool uh, dwarf named uh, Vasily who just rocks some random century. <laughs> <laughs> like and then you know it's unfortunately sacrificed like there's some pretty uh groovy kills in here even though that some of them are reused a little too often and there's almost like this lack of a sense of like time and place that kind of makes it like interesting right so i i would say b movie and i would say if you if you haven't watched this yet to do it to like go through it with us on the podcast please look up the like time codes for when the werewolf sex scene happens. Cause just don't just don't like that's it. It's not chill. Yeah. It gets weird really fast. Like it, it it's like <laughs> zero to a hundred. There's no like build up. It's just like, she's old turns into like the Sybil Danning and then it gets weird like instantly. It does. So, yeah. It gets yeah. weird so fast. Yeah. Or just watch the end credits. Uh, unfortunate that they did that, but, it literally gives you a pretty solid recap of all the major plot points with Sybil Danning mashed in between each scene. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it is like, like I said, like it's short. Christopher Lee does a lot of monologuing. Some of it almost makes sense. Like, yeah. So I'd say that B movie is the way to go on that. Yeah. So um, I think we did a pretty uh, solid job at uh, not going crazy, trying to describe what happens in this movie, but um you know, just get the broad plot beats going. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we, uh, I think we delivered on our, uh, statement last week of it was, this was going to be a bad one <laughs> or, yeah. or not good one. So, uh, what do we got up next time? What do you, what are you thinking? Uh, we're going to actually move on to a bit of a better movie. Actually. <laughs> uh, it's uh night of the demons. Ooh. So, uh, and be careful if you do look up uh night of the demons, cause there is a pretty bad, remake that was done i think in the in the mid 2000s it's just not great but yeah the original night of the demons i think it was was it 85 or no it's 88 1988 okay 1988 mm-hmm. yeah so yeah that one it's a it's a pretty it's a kind of a smaller movie but it actually has a couple of moments that have been um sort of memed in the in the modern world <laughs> like 
there's a very specific one that's gonna be very fun to get into whenever we talk about it because it just is like this moment that like was so so self-aware and yet like ahead of its time it's so it's interesting um so yeah night of the demons is going to be the next one and i think people will enjoy it way more than uh howling to your sister's werewolf and it's on Tubi, right yes that actually i feel like you just said that because you knew i didn't actually do the work ahead of time and just wanted to call me out on air <laughs> my bad <laughs> yeah no hold on a second it's on my list i have, I have that whole list of movies from that i put made for this so it is on shutter it looks like it's, it's on, on amazon it's on Tubi. prime is it on Tubi? Yeah. I guess on Pluto TV as well, which is another free one. So, oh yeah, it is on Peacock too. So yeah, it's on plenty of places, you know, um, I'll probably just watch it on Tubi, but yeah, it's out there and it's a, it's an interesting one. It's another one. that has got a couple uh screen Queens in it. So that'll be pretty fun to get back to, you know, how chopping mall had some screen Queens in it. So, uh, yeah, hopefully everyone enjoys that one a little bit more than, uh, this unfortunate werewolf thing we did. Yeah, this was a wild one. I, I did not expect this because I, I did see the first one and I actually really liked the first Howling. Um, the so. first, yeah, the first The Howling is unironically one of the, like in the werewolf canon, it is one of the better ones. So it's just like, it's a franchise that went off the rails so fast and stayed off them. It never got back on the rails. It's just like so crazy how like you can continue to make sequels that are just somehow more terrible than the last yeah or prequels right we're gonna start doing that um yeah well like technically i think the original nightmare was sort of like a rehash of the first one so it's sort of a prequel sort of thing honestly we don't need to go into it we don't we've covered enough of the howling for one day <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll never be the same no the world is different now it's it's less vibrant <laughs> well, you know, I think that does it for me. Uh, I honestly, after watching this and talking about it, I have absolutely nothing else to say. I need to just put bleach in my eyes, I think. so. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I don't recommend it, but, you yeah. know, I won't tell you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been Shane. I've been Stefan. Oh. oh. Stay spooky. Is that the one we say? Is it spook him up, Dano? I know it's spook him, Dano. It's like book him, Dano. Yeah. That one. <laughs> All right. Let's bring this to a close. <laughs> See ya. See ya.